give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is good, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back for a special episode from Down Under <laughs> on one Josh Giddy, the Aussie. I am here, as always, with my man, Albert. How are we feeling today, bro? Uh, I'm feeling good, man. It's um, it's exciting. It's our first foreign player that we're going to be going over today. And uh, I've got yeah. a lot of thoughts on him. But, um, dude, I'm excited. I'm excited. I- I'm, I'm really interested to hear about what you have to say because we didn't talk too much about Giddy before recording. And you wanted to save it all for the recording. So um, <laughs> our listeners are getting premium content right now. Yes, sir. Uh, shout out to the Locker Room app as well. We are recording uh, live on the Locker Room app, so you can uh, come join us um, when we're recording on there. Shoot us a follow and uh, join the chat. Um, all right. Josh Giddy, as you said, mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about him, haven't really dug too deep in the international prospects so far. I think Giddy is a really popular prospect among you know, the draft community. Uh, he's a lot of fun. Um, Australian born, rocking with the Adelaide 36ers. He is a six foot eight inch point guard, 205 pounds. He's going to be 18 years old on draft day. So he is super young. Um, averaged 11 points, seven and a half assists to three turnovers, 7.4 rebounds, one steal. Shot it at 44, 31, 69. Nice shooting splits. And uh, definitely by far the coolest accent in the entire class, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. I have been jealous of the Australian accent just about as long as I knew that accents existed. So uh, that that's the the very basic breakdown of our boy Josh Giddy. Uh, preseason rankings. Bleacher Report, not ranked. ESPN, not ranked. Wow. SB Nation, not ranked. Wow. So completely unranked among the mainstream. I'm sure there's reasons. Uh, probably most analysts thought he wasn't coming out this year. But regardless, came in off the radar as an unranked uh, prospect. Currently, Bleacher Report has him at 10. ESPN, 13. SB Nation, 17. Average price set at 13.3. Albert, hmm. is Giddy stock price too high, too low, or just right? Uh, hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't know why it's so funny to me. Like I'm just like thinking about all this. Like, I think it's crazy that I, I think you made a good point about the like him not being ranked. It's probably because they weren't sure he was coming out. But to see the discourse on Giddy now on Twitter, and to see the things that people are saying, and how like everyone's freaking you know, falling in love with him. And he's kind of like the, he's been the Twitter darling now, I think for a couple of weeks now, everyone's talking about him. I think he's priced. So you said what? 13 point something, right? Yeah. 13.3. That's the average. We average the three, you know, that we keep tabs of. He's a little high for my taste at 13. Um, Okay. is, Is that a hot take? Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a hot take necessarily, uh-huh. but I, it might be a hot take uh, for some on uh, the World Wide Web, possibly. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, although I, you know, I, I think that you can probably take almost any take and make it a hot take on the internet at this point. Mm. All I have to do is uh, change my name to Skip or uh, Nick Wright, right? And then uh... yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't talk about. It. I mean, Skip. <laughs> skip at this point. Uh-huh. All right. So here's my thing. Skip is a professional troll. Yeah. Right. So when when he says things, he knows that he's a parody of himself, right? He knows mm-hmm. that he doesn't even believe what he's pushing out to you. Mm-hmm. Nick Wright, I think, wants to be taken seriously as a basketball at- analyst. Thanks. Um. I don't know, Nick. He's probably a great guy. He definitely shares some of the same views as myself on social issues that uh, he spoke out on. So shout out to him that way. But as far as that whole Jokic situation, that's Oof. clown shit. But, Yo. you know, we're not okay. here to uh, analyze other <laughs> analysts. We're here to talk NBA draft, specifically Josh Giddy today. All right, let's get into uh, the scout. First and foremost, supremely fun passer oh yeah you know that is the first thing you throw on the swish highlights diving deep on youtube first thing you realize kid could pass that rock right yeah at six eight he brings a lot of the same passing creativity that lamello did and we'll talk about Mm -hmm. some of the lamello parallels in a little bit you know mainly because he's playing in the nbl the same professional league that lamello balled out in had a lot of success in and Giddy, you can argue, you know, is having similar success in, in some ways, probably uh, even a little bit more, depending on how you look at it. He makes those flashy improvisational reads, uh, just making something out of nothing. But he also makes really heady, high IQ, pick apart the defense when they're out of position type reads. Uh, makes want like live dribble one-handed passes all mm-hmm. the time they're right on the money and um like he has those Jalen Suggs mellow Lonzo hit aheads down like great touch on those three-quarter court full court got it all in his bag just a really super high IQ you know I just um edited his film session for his interview with with uh with Schmitz and I think if you want to get inside his head a little bit, it's a really good watch because you see when he's talking about some of the clips that he really understands the game from an offensive perspective. He's very intelligent for a kid who's 18 to see him break down the game and talk about like, I made this pass because the weak side defender was so far in the paint and the the weak side wing defender was supposed to be splitting, but he wasn't splitting. He was a little out of position, so there was no way he was going to be able to close out. It was really high IQ stuff, so it was really impressive. So definitely go watch that um, if you want to get kind of an idea of what he's like. And again, super cool accent, so that makes it uh, an easy watch as well. And, and Schmitz is the man with that stuff. Um, I think he's got a tight handle with both hands, mm-hmm. but and he gets this a lot. Cause it's very apparent. He's six foot eight. Mm-hmm. He's super upright, man. Yep. You know, he, he like, sometimes he gets low, mm-hmm. but, but not that often. He's pretty much of like, he's six, eight and you see it. Cause my dude is standing tall. And if I was mm-hmm. six, eight, I'd probably stand tall too, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have like, I don't know. He, I, you're always big on like proportion, mm-hmm. you know? 
I was trying to fit a lot of times he plays with his jersey untucked. So I'm like <laughs> I was like trying to figure it out a lot of times. I'm like, hmm. I don't know, is his is his body out of proportion? I gotta I gotta yeah. consult with the with the uh the proportion yeah. expert on on the pod. So uh did did you see any out of proportion stuff with his body or am or uh am I am I making anything up there as to why he's upright? So you made a really good point. I think um, the jersey not being tucked and his super short shorts, it kind of jacks up, you know, what what his proportions are actually like. I think his legs are a little short. I think he's a little long torso. Um, I was 100% going to say the same thing about him being upright. It reminded me of Mario Hazonia. I feel like Mm. Hazonia is really upright like that a lot. And um, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. But I'll wait. I'll let you keep going and then I'll I'll try to. But New York Nick legend. Mario Hazonia. <laughs> oh my God. Was standing as upright as upright Oof. can be when he posterized Giannis, the Greek freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, shout out to uh, Super Mario. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he super. T- I think he has a super tight handle, uh, you know, regardless of his, him being upright. He's not bouncing the ball off his feet. You know what I mean? And, uh, that's impressive that a guy, you know, can have that kind of handle at his size. Something that he does that I love with his handle. When he's coming off a screen or when he's handling in transition, he he creates space for himself because he pushes the ball out in front. Hmm. Okay, so he'll be dribbling the ball and then he'll just push the ball out so he almost has to chase it. And that allows him to just kind of get this little burst of speed that the defender is not prepared for. Um, and he's able to create a little bit more separation from his defender. And he knows exactly how far he needs to to throw that ball out to where he could still control it. And it's really heady in in the way that he creates space in that way. So that was one of the things that really impressed me as far as his handle and his IQ and um, how he is able to, you know, create space uh, for somebody who, when you look at him, you're like, oh, I don't know if this guy is going to have any creation ability uh, at the next level. Uh, that that's those are the kind of things that would make you optimistic. I think mm. he shot the ball better as the season went along. Mm. Now he says that at the beginning of the season he wasn't very confident. As a shooter. And as the season went on, the coaches were just like, let it fly, bro. And he let it fly. He shot it confidently. And he started shooting the ball a little bit better. He, you know, was doing... (coughs) Uh, Sorry about that. He was doing a little sidestep action. uh, You know, trying to throw some stuff into his bag. I don't know if I'm ready to buy that shot creation ability in isolation situations yet. But I do think that as an off-ball catch-and-shoot guy, I think I could buy his shot early on, being to a point that you're going to close out on it and respect it as a defender. And that'll make him dangerous because he's going to be able to you know, attack closeouts. And once he has the jump on you, you know, he has the ability to, to really pick you apart. So yeah. I, I think uh, his catch-and-shoot jumper is, is going to be his calling curl calling card early on as far as, as shot creation goes. Um, and I do worry about like, it's not that he doesn't have shake, mm-hmm. but 
I'm pretty sure I like I look this is my tankathon research. I think he's got a negative wingspan. Now, I don't think that's as detrimental because he's six foot eight and you're right. you're either looking at him as, you know, a point guard, um, or you know, you're small forward, but I, I don't think anybody's looking at him like, oh, let's draft the next uh you know, Kawhi type defender. Right. Uh and especially if he's playing up at the point, it's that's a incredible wingspan at, at that position. Right. Um even if it is, you know, a half inch negative. So it's not that he doesn't have have shake, but I think the lack of length on his body kind of makes it look sometimes like the shake that he has isn't kind of generating as much as like your shifty small guard like Darius Garland, you know, right. who just like that dude, Kyrie, like just guys that who are the epitome of of, of wiggle. He doesn't really have that look to him, even though I think that he does have a little bit in his back. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but a little bit. He's not wiggleless. Um mm-hmm. but I don't uh, like like I said early on, even with that little bit of wiggle, I don't really buy his off the bounce shot creation ability cuz I I think he's just I think he's going to struggle with it. Um mm-hmm. but I think a lot of us thought LaMelo might struggle with it as well. Right. Two different situations. Um and again, we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth in a bit, but um I like the the pace that he plays at. You know, another young guy like we just did our our last episode on Tennessee's Jaden Springer, Albert's uh, kind of diamond in the rough sleeper. Uh, a lot of my people baby. seem to like that that episode and and the and the takes. So, um, as did I, listening back mm-hmm. to it. But like Springer, I like the 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 pace that he plays at. He doesn't get sped up. He's 18, great poise, and he's the one doing the speeding up. You know, like he is actually kind of quick. Like he doesn't like again, he looks like he wouldn't be, but he's got a little bit of burst to him. He's got a little bit of quickness. I don't think laterally, mm-hmm. but but in like a in a half court set, I think he can kind of get a little bit of separation <laughs> from from his burst when he gets, you know, coming off a screen. Um He'll play. He'll play with change of pace, stuff like that. Definitely in transition, you know, and you know he'll kind of weave in and out, and you know, kind of do little in and out dribbles, stuff like that. Um. So yeah, he. I. I just. I like how he the, the pace that he plays at, and and sure. his kind of change of speed. I think it's crafty. I think he's a crafty dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, kind of a work in progress, right? I, I think that when he does get switched onto smaller guards or if a team drafts him and plays him primarily at point guard and expects him to do, you know, a Ben Simmons impression and just guard those kind of guards. I think he's really going to struggle like, you know, as, as quick as I think he is kind of offensively laterally. uh, Like, I don't think he has cement feet by any means, Mm -hmm. but I I just think that those kind of guards like at an NBA level, because he, in the Mm -hmm. NBL, those guys can play for sure. And yeah, there are definitely can. some, some quick shifty guards who can get buckets, but you know, that it's <clears throat> a way different game guarding those guys versus guarding Russell Westbrook and Dame and Steph and, you know, all NBA point guards. I mean, all the way down, you start getting to the middle of the road point guards and you're like, even those guys can light it up. 
So I, I think that if he's got to get, you know, if he's going to guard heavy minutes, those, that position, he'll struggle a little bit. Um, I like him better against kind of wings, you know, wings that you can hide him on small forwards who aren't going to necessarily beat him off the bounce a lot. Um, Luca, what they do with Luca. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, if Luke, if you put Luca in a one-on-one situation for a possession or two, he can D up, right? But you're not yeah. going to put him in that position, possession after possession after possession. And we've seen NBA teams get creative all over the floor hiding guys. I mean, the Celtics hid Isaiah Thomas all the time, and he was so good offensively that it was worth figuring out how do we hide him on the other end. These things get a little trickier in the playoffs, right? When teams can game plan and, and start... Right picking you apart that way but just from a regular season perspective i think that they'll you'll be able to find ways with giddy where you know you're not going to get uh you know destroyed by by having him out there defensively uh he does have quick hands so Mm. even when he when he gets beat sometimes like he'll do the little crafty like poke away he'll he'll reach back he'll get it I, i do like his hands i'm not too worried about his strength he's 18 you know he's he's big body i think that you know, development, strength and conditioning, all that stuff. He'll, he'll end up being strong enough that if he does have to face some of these wings, he's not going to get murdered by them Hmm. Uh, off ball. And, and he admits this. uh, Sometimes I think he's too focused on either his man or Or he's too focused on the ball, but he's not, he's not always focused on both. And that's where you keep that head on a swivel and you kind of see what is going on all over the floor. You're not turning your back necessarily away from the ball. Uh, that way, you, you know, you, when the ball swings or somebody cuts, you're in the right position to help. Um, you know, just stuff like that. And I think that he reads the game so well offensively. And he understands mm-hmm. how to pick apart a defense when a defense is out of position. That it gives mm-hmm. me optimism and reason to believe that it's a kid that is going to figure it out on the defensive end with coaching, with film as he matures, as he ages again on draft night, he's going to be 18. So Mm -hmm. I think that he's going to be a solid off ball defender. And honestly, that's the kind of stuff you just need to be a good off ball defender. Like, obviously you don't want to get hung to dry one-on-one all the time. And you know, you're probably going to end up on skates sometimes, but like, you want your defense to execute its game plan. You want that, you know, everybody on a string type defense. Yeah. That's what you want to do. And if you can do that, you're not going to kill your defense. Um, so uh, long-term, I think he'll be fine there. I, I don't, I think early on, he's definitely going to be a minus, um, but you're drafting him for his offense, right? Mm-hmm. Cause the, the kid is, he's a savant when it comes to passing. I, I he's, he's really fun. What did, uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of him as as a passer when when you were watching him? Um, yeah, I think I have like notes on pretty much everything that you talked about. Um, a couple of things for me, I think the the thing that I that kind of stuck off, like sorry, that jumped off the screen for me, his passing with both hands really really yeah. strong. There were there are a couple of whip passes that he threw with his left hand. I was like, wow, that's that's really really nice. Uh, in the pick and roll, some of the hook passes, shuffle mm-hmm. passes he was throwing really savvy really nice just kind of like really aesthetically pleasing um there was some stuff that he was doing just like some of the uh no look stuff that's like just you know beautiful to watch um as you mentioned the pace decision making and transition i thought um 
almost every time when he was pushing the ball in transition, he was making the right reads, whether it was to push it hard or to pull up or to pass to the wing or whatever it might be. I, I thought he was really, really good with that, really mature. Um, something that you mentioned that, you know, some of the off-ball passing that, you know, he he's really savvy about. I actually saw the other end of the spectrum where I saw him make a lot of mistakes. There are a couple of mm-hmm. times where he would try to throw like these cross-court passes to the opposite uh, corner and just, you know, throws a right to the defender. And I think that's kind of an area where he'll grow and he's going to mature and he's going to get better. Um, he was a better athlete than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. Attacking the rim, there was there was a little bit more pop to him than I thought uh, would be there. A couple of nice like two-hand dunks in traffic that I was pretty impressed about. Um, just going at the rim was good. Uh, jump shot looks to be improving. Um, one thing that I noticed is that like the jump shot uh the trajectory on his jump jump shot was a little consistent there'd be times when he's like really nice arc on the shot mm-hmm. and then other times when it's kind of just like a line drive and i'm like oh what, what's going on here uh some of my concerns with him uh <laughs> now here we get into like the physiology right i don't like his yeah. narrow shoulders i think his shoulders mm-hmm. are a little narrow for me um he looks kind of like a like a tall seventh grader um, sometimes <laughs> with, <laughs> with his really narrow shoulders. Um, and then um, I thought he was a little sloppy in the pick and roll at times. Uh, there were times when he would kind of just dribble into three guys and we just lose the ball. But once again, I think the the base IQ that he has is going to fix all that over time. Uh, as I mentioned, the jump shot, uh, you mentioned the really upright thing and it really reminded me of Hazonia. And, um, you know, I was like, oh crap, like Hazonia. Um, the Defense is where, like, I really struggled. Um, mm-hmm. You almost never see this fool get into a stance. Um, his <laughs> his general position is he's just kind of like slightly hunched over and just like looking around. Yeah. Um, so I really didn't like that. I saw him get he gets destroyed on screens pretty regularly. Um, I I agree with you. He is going to bulk up, but on the defensive side, like, there wasn't a lot to watch and be like, oh, this is fun. Or this is good. Um, yeah, he, I think defense is where he really needs to grow a lot. Um, and you know, one thing that I wanted to throw at you, Corey, and um, and we're gonna actually no no, no let me pump the brakes because I think you're gonna bring this up later. But overall, um, really like the passing. I think the Lamelo stuff that you brought up is really interesting because he's got a lot of flair to his passing. Mm-hmm. But once again, the ambi dexterity with his passing is special, dude. I mean. I keep I kept going back. I was watching this game. I think he, they were playing the Terrapins or what Tapins or whatever. But I was so happy Their words to are see. Silly. <laughs> I know, but I was so happy to see Scotty Machado out there. I own a legend. Um, I totally <laughs> forgot that he existed, and then like to see him running around and doing stuff was fun. Um, and amazingly, Scotty Machado's only thirty. Who had he had some stints with like the Rockets and the Lakers back in the day. But um, yeah, and also Corey, I did want to say with what you said. The level of play was a lot higher than I was expecting. I watched um, LaMelo last year and I was like, there were some moments I was like, this is kind of tough to watch. But I watched like the last like five games that Giddy played and I was like, oh, this is kind of, they're doing some NBA stuff here. Yeah. You know, they're doing some, they, there's some, there's some guys out here that are making some really tough shots. So it was actually, actually more entertaining than I thought it would be, uh, which was a lot of fun. And honestly, I'm just speaking to my ignorance, right? Like I don't watch a lot of NBL. <laughs> you know what um, I like about the NBL? And what? is their presentation? Mm. Like, dude, one, the, 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 the smoke, the smoke, the smoke <laughs> machine is super cool. Like, I'm totally down for for Same. the NBA to adopt that. Um, one, their Burger King is not oh. called Burger King. I feel, Hungry Jack. <laughs> Hungry Jack. Jack right? it's, it's called Hungry Jack, and I don't know why, but I'm like, yo, Hungry Jack. 
I can I can get down with some Hungry Jack right now. <laughs> in America, like Burger King, I cannot eat it. It's like uh-huh. uh, it's not that I don't enjoy the taste of it. I just feel mm. awful after I eat yeah. it, which is really the only fast food that makes me feel awful. Um, mm. I just feel like cinder blocks are weighing me down after I eat it. But Hungry Jack, I'm like, yo, Hungry Jack seems like the meat's probably a little cleaner. <laughs> mm. You know, I feel like I can get get after it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I like their courts. I like the presentation of it. I, it's something that's always stuck out at me. Uh, so, and that stuff weirdly matters to me when I'm watching this stuff. You know, like there are sometimes you're watching international prospects and like the camera angle would be like, I literally don't even know how they're getting this angle right now. I don't know where they could be positioning themselves in a gym. I have mm. filmed a lot of things in a lot of weird gyms mm. and I can't get some, I can't replicate some of these angles. I'm just like, Yo, like you could just film this on a like an iPhone <laughs> on like a tripod and it'll be fine. But some of these international things, but I really like the MBL's presentation. So shout out to the creative team there. Um, all right. So if you're buying stock in Josh Giddy, mm-hmm. who may you have bought stock in previously? Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned LaMelo. And before we get into actually answering that question, you know, the, the Lamella thing comes up just because they played in the same league. They're both jumbo size lead initiators. So Lamello put up 17, 8, and 7 last year. Giddy's at 11, 8, and 7. Lamello played way less games. Like, I think Giddy has played almost three times as many games as Mello. Mello shot 38, 25, 72. Uh, Giddy, 44, 31, 69. Now, like, the difference is, is that Mello is a, a significantly better shot creator for himself from the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, even with like the low percentages in the NBL last year, it's not like he had trouble getting the shot off cleanly, no matter how tight he was covered hmm. because his handle is just so much more creative that he, you know, the space creation ability is just in another world from, from where Giddy is. And LaMelo has a much cleaner release versus giddy where he kind of takes a little bit you know time to load it up uh almost like he's aiming sometimes um Mm. so i like there's not a lot uh i I think besides like the flare in the passing where i go all right i see any kind of lamello comparison that somebody who maybe is just looking at things from the outside and now they're getting into giddy because uh, you know, the draft's coming up and they like LaMelo and it's the same league, blah, blah, blah. I think if like, <laughs> like, I think Giddy is much more suited for like that tertiary role. Mm. You know, maybe like he's the third guy scoring wise, fourth mm-hmm. guy, right? Whereas Melo, you're like, all right, now he's, I mean, he's doing it in the NBA. You know, he can be potentially a number one. Yeah. Uh, at the worst, you know, he's, going to be a number two right like playing alongside somebody who is just more like buckets 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 so i think that's kind of where they differ they differ and if you're looking at a ball family member it's i feel like zoe is a much better comp for giddy than Lamelo. if you're gonna make one you know they're both Mm kind of like i mean zoe's turned himself into a good spot up shooter i think giddy has the potential to be that um you know they're both kind of tall i think Giddy's a little bit more willing to get himself into the paint. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I don't think he's afraid to shoot free throws, which I think is the reason yeah. that, you know, Zoe kind of is 
always a little struggle with that. Um, but outside of the Ball family, who do you have? If you bought stock in this kid, who may you have bought stock in? You you gave me one. I don't know if yeah. you want to save that one, um, no, no. or if you want to lead with it. If you have any others, let's let's go. I, this is what I think. I think his floor is that I think he'll be a better Mar- Michael Carter Williams. Okay. Uh, Michael Carter Williams, a guy who uh, was a good playmaker, good passer, really struggled to score. Um, I think Giddy, his jump shot's going to get better. I, I, you can see it, right? He has nice touch. Yeah, some it's of the, clean, some of the it's cleaner than MC yeah. does. Yeah. Some of the mid-range shots he was hitting, really nice touch. Um, his floaters, I like his floater. We haven't talked about his floater game yeah. yet. Uh, Giddy, ooh, he, he can throw some really nice soft floaters, which I like a lot, um, which I think speaks to his touch, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think his floor is like a better Michael Carter-Williams. Um, I can see him kind of – you you put – well, actually, I won't mention the guys that you put in here, but yeah, like just kind of like a bigger wing, you know, and obviously the difference with him and LaMelo is that like you can tell that Giddy's a little shorter in terms of like his wingspan. He's not as lanky as yeah. LaMelo. LaMelo will have these drives where he's like cocking the ball back and then like whipping it forward and doing all mm. kinds of things with his Jelly crazy fan. long arms. Yeah, all that stuff. And Giddy doesn't really have that. But once again, I think Giddy has a little bit more pop than um, LaMelo. Like there, dude, there were like four or five drives that I remember like just kind of earmarking, thinking like, damn, like he really got up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, not jumping off to like just off of one foot in, in transition in traffic. And it's just like, oh, that's nice. You he know, almost so, died on one of those. I know, dude, that was scary. But I liked how like he banged his face into the ground and he's like, I'm good. I'm good. And yeah. he's like trying to like <laughs> tell everyone he's good, but he probably wasn't good. No. Um, <laughs> so I can't think of like a ceiling for Giddy. Uh, but I do think his floor will be a better Michael Carter Williams and Michael Carter Williams, former uh, rookie of the year, <laughs> former rookie of the year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Now, the difference for me, M- Michael Carter Williams, I actually yeah. think is a phenomenal on ball defender. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, I had the pleasure, I guess. I don't know. The the last time the Bulls uh, were a playoff team. Mm. uh Michael Carter Williams was a member of that that Bulls team with the the three alphas, and he the honor. he he, uh, <laughs> he was able to he's able to clamp up. You know, sometimes yeah. his offense was really rough, mm-hmm. really rough. But you know that early rookie Michael Carter Williams season when you know the the start of the process, right? That was mm-hmm. the uh, the first year of the process. I def I could see it. He's like if you're a little bit better touch on offense little bit more like in control offensively yeah. uh yeah i i mean both you know the big guys like for me you know if you're the guys i came up with cuz i agree there's not like there was nothing clean except the my last yeah. one i actually kind of like mm-hmm. me too i you like know, that one joe joe ingles is going to be a popular one cuz they're both australian and they're both tall and ingles I'm a, i mean he didn't come over to the nba until he was kind of old uh, yeah. so I'm, and he wasn't known as a shooter. So uh, I'm assuming he was a pretty poor shooter at the same age as well. Obviously there's no way to be like, Oh, well Ingles turned it around and now he's going to break the true shooting percentage record. And he's a great shooter. Now there's no way to mm-hmm. project that forward for Giddy. But, um, I think just the comp, like both smart, heady, tall kind of jumbo creators who you don't 
maybe you don't want them to be your primary creator because I don't think they could handle that role, but they definitely are going to be able to create offense for you in spurts. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I see it. It's not like my favorite because I think that Giddy is a little bit more point guard even than Ingles is. Um, But, you know, those are inevitable just because they're both Australian. Uh, Rubio, you're going to get the Rubio stuff. I think Rubio is... And and I think it's partly because he's a little shorter. Like he's big for mm-hmm. a point guard, six five, six six, whatever yeah. he is. But he just that that proportion thing. Like he just moves cleaner to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you said, he he doesn't like Giddy has the narrow shoulders. Like Rubio has turned himself. Like he's got a good solid NBA body now. He Rubio does. is known for his defense. Um, so it's not clean. They both struggle, you know, the with shooting. So you know, there's going to be some Rubio stuff. But my favorite is Tomas Sadoransky with some funk. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Giddy's got some shit to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like this kid, he's got some shit to him. He's got some fire. Like you mentioned the dunks. You mentioned mm-hmm. the flash. Like Sadoransky, every once in a while, will throw down a dunk. And you're like, oh, I forgot he had that bounce. But he's so boring. Yeah. He's so fucking boring to watch. You know, he can't beat anybody off the dribble. He, he hesitates to shoot even when he's wide open, which is why he shoots 40-whatever percent because he's only shooting the absolute cleanest looks he has. Uh, you know, he, he makes good reads and smart passes, but it's nothing that's, like, dynamic, and he's not breaking down a defense. Giddy's going to be able to break down a defense a little bit, and yeah. he's going to take chances that Sadoransky isn't going to take. But if Sadoransky had some shit to him. I think that's kind of what Giddy could be cuz they're both like the same size and I think they got a, you know physically are going to have a lot of similarities. I just think that the mentality that Giddy has where he he's got a little bit more confidence to kind of be like, "All right, I can do some stuff." So that mm-hmm. that that's kind of like if you're if you're making comps, if you're we're doing the whole you bought this stock, you should buy this stock. That's kind of my favorite of of you know the ones I came up with, but I agree he's he's a little unique in that there's not really somebody you can point to like and be like that's the guy. Hmm. So Corey, let me throw you some throw something at you. So just for going off of what you've said, right? You compared him to Ingles, Sadaransky, whatever. Mm-hmm. You also said that you could see him being like a secondary tertiary option on offense, right? Yeah. With that in mind, and with what we know about him and his size, six foot eight, whatever. I actually think, dude, it's going to be really, really interesting to compare his career arc with Franz Wagner. Franz mm-hmm. Wagner, another guy who I, I look at as a could potentially be a better Joe Ingles if, you know, all things work yeah. out. I think it's really going to be interesting to see those two guys compared because similar sizes. I think Wagner has a better frame, of course. I think he's also a little bit oh, taller. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that, you know, kind of like that third option offensively, um, I think Wagner is already a better defender. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how their careers go and how they end up, because I think there are some similarities there, but also some differences. And just the fact that they're, they're, they're in the same draft. I think watching those two careers go side by side, I think it'll be really, really interesting. Of course, um, Giddy's a much better passer, but also Wagner can pass too. So I just think watching those two guys go at it, or we're not go at it, but see how they develop. I think that's going to be something really interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of, it's kind of like 
jack of all trades versus guy who potentially has an elite skill. But like, yeah, skill set wise, yeah, height wise, like body, like there are similarities and and comps to be made there. So like stacking them up and being like, you know, who would you rather have is a worthwhile discussion. I think if you're a team that seemingly, I think both of their ranges are kind of like that back end of the lottery. Right. Right. Maybe if things fall a certain way, you could see them maybe falling out um, of the lottery. But yeah, for for guys in the same range, I think teams are going to have to ask themselves that question is what do we kind of want? Because it feels like Franz is one of the safest bets in in the draft. Um, And, you know, we might as well go into it. Like how volatile is Giddy as a prospect? Because to me, like, I don't think he's as safe as Franz is, but I also don't think there's a whole lot of volatility. I can't see a whole lot of paths where he's not going to contribute in the NBA. I mean, look, I think if we've learned anything, we shouldn't really be discounting production for players, these kids that are putting up like really solid production in professional basketball leagues. Yes. Um, and Giddy is look, eleven, you know, seven and a half, seven and a half. What like that's that's yep. crazy for an eighteen year old to be putting up. Um, thirty thirty two minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and he did it over a pretty, you know, a, a, an NCAA sized season in Australia. So um, it, it's not like it's a small sample. Like he fills it up, man. Like, and I, we didn't even mention his rebounding earlier. Like, averaging almost eight uh, eight rebounds a game. That's valuable, you especially for a guy like him who thrives in transition, grab and go, and is yeah. able to make plays and get early offense. Like that rebounding ability is is big. It's 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 really important. Uh, it, it's not like he's a kid who is six eight, averaging two rebounds a game, and you, you look at eleven seven and two. Like then now you're like, all right, is he going to contribute all over? But this kid kind of does a little bit of everything as well. So. I, you know, to me, I don't think he's that volatile. I think that he's a pretty safe bet. It's just if you're taking him, you know, does he have any kind of unlocked, untapped upside where you're you're thinking there's more to that meets the eye? Because I think when you watch him, it doesn't take a whole lot of watching him to kind of figure out what his game is like. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pretty cut and dry at at this moment. He definitely has those moments of wow where you're like, oh shit. He just whipped a left-handed pass coming off a screen to the weak side. Like he does, he does that. But for the most part, like you know, he's he is what he is. Watching him play, um, so I don't know. Do you how how volatile is Giddy? So this is going to be the ultimate uh, podcast uh, plot twist. Ready, ready, Corey. <laughs> so at the start, you asked me at average price of thirteen point three. Is that too low? Too high? I said it yep. was too high. And the reason why I said it was too high is because I want him to be taken 14th. And the reason why I want him to take it 14th is I've been thinking about this all freaking week. And when you look at the league right now, and we're looking at premium talent in the league, we have MVP. He has a pretty much locked up Nikola Jokic, the guy that was going neck and neck with him all year, Joel Embiid. Another guy who won the MVP the last two years, Giannis Antetokounmpo. We have a guy who's supposed to be like the heir apparent to the NBA and Luka Doncic. These are all foreign-born players. LaMelo Ball, also from the NBL last season. He's American-born, but he played abroad last year. 
the thing that I've been thinking about all freaking week is I think we need to start rating these foreign players a lot higher, which is go, go piggybacks of what you, what you said before in that them performing and producing in these pro leagues with grown ass adults, this means something. It actually freaking means something. Giannis is like the outlier where Giannis was like, you know, he's playing in the YMCA, like with like accountants right. and plumbers. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it means something. And so this is what I think. I said he was too high at 13.3. I think 14 is the spot that he goes. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think there's real star potential in Giddy. So I actually think he's volatile because I, I, I this is just me. There's something there with this kid that I feel like he can, if he can tighten up that jump shot, there's something scary in him. That like there's flair there that's special. There's like that X factor that's hard to describe where you can just tell like this kid is not thinking within the boxes. Like, okay, if Corey, you coach basketball, so you're the perfect person to ask. If you look at teenagers high school basketball players today what do they want to do they want to do step backs they want to do threes they want to cross somebody up they want to jelly they want to do they want to put someone on a poster there are it pretty much feels like there are set things that you want to do in the aau circuit the high school basketball circuit you're either they want to make it exactly you're either going to jack up 34 foot threes or you're going to take it to the rim and do something fancy right it's kind of what it feels I like all these Euro guys because they're not growing up in that culture and they're not growing up in those, in those types of frames. And they're trying to do like, they, like, once again, we talked about Giddy. He does the flashy stuff. He's also good at the fundamental stuff. I like the simple passes he makes as much as he, the really hard passes he makes. I love, and you mentioned, I love that he rebounds. I love that. I love that he gives a shit and goes in there and he's fighting to grab rebounds and he's ready to push it down the court. I think there's actually some real untapped star potential with Giddy. And so for me, that that's kind of, that's my plot twist right here. I mm. said 13.3 was too high. I like him like Giannis going, what, where did Giannis go? 14, 15, something like that, I, right? I, there's 16. Okay. I see Giddy going 16 and one day potentially being a freaking star in the league. Mm. And that, that's that that's kind of what I'm feeling right now and what I'm feeling in my gut. Shouts to uh backcourt violation on Twitter for telling me to stick to my guns, shooter McGavin style. <laughs> and that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from Giddy. There's a lot to be done and a lot that he needs to prove uh, improve upon. But yeah. there's something special with this kid that I'm getting more and more excited about. Yeah, you mentioned the um the foreign, the foreign, you know, piggybacking the the foreign born thing and and giving these guys credit. There's a few of those guys in this draft, Garuba, yeah. um, Sangoon, and I think that both of these guys who aren't necessarily got like mainstream names mm-hmm. for your casual, you know, draft fan. Uh, they'll you'll definitely get to know them as we get closer to the draft, but you know, it, they're maybe not necessarily the guys you're looking. Uh, into while the NBA season is still going on. Um, Garuba, I think, is a name that has had a little bit more staying power. You heard about him a little bit more early, uh, a little earlier. But mm. like Alperin Sangoon, like this yes. dude is putting up numbers. <laughs> oh. Numbers, man. Like, yeah. and, you know, he's, he's, you know, kind of a little bit more old school in, in his play style, but like, 
are we going to discount the fact that he's putting up like 19 and nine as an 18 year old in an, mm-hmm. in a professional league and making really fun passes. So like, yeah, he's a little bit back to the basket and he doesn't have the height of, you know, your traditional center, but like dude is tough as, as shit. And like, I think that, you know, these guys who are putting up production, look, it, they're <laughs> like you mentioned all of the, these players are coming from you know this kind of background it's not like like there's a difference like sometimes these international prospects will play four minutes a game in the right. euro league and you try you know you try to project those flashes and that's like your mario hazonia getting drafted fifth, fifth. um right <laughs> so <laughs> you know because it's really hard to to do that um what's his name from the uh, from the suns Bender a dragon Uh, bender yeah you know like uh, same kind of situation so but when these guys are playing real minutes and really putting up production so you're not necessarily projecting what they could have looked like in a certain league it means something right Mm -hmm. so I, I I do like that take a lot where do you think Giddy ranks amongst point guards in this draft dude that's a hard one man that's a really really hard one we got Cade who Uh I don't think is like a point guard in this you know typical sense but if we're putting giddy who's also like a tall creator i'm gonna include kate in this you got Suggs, you got davion you got sharif springer trey man nicks i mean some of these guys maybe are a little two-year than than point guard but there's there's a lot of solid point guards i mean it's a it's a tough question yeah it's a tough question if you're putting together a board i think maybe a more fun one mm-hmm. Where does he rank among passers in the draft? Jeez. Okay. So Corey, can I do this? I'm going to put him. So amongst point guards, I'm going to say three B. So okay. I have Cade Suggs and then Davion is three A and mm-hmm. Giddy has three B. Um, that's kind of how high I'm going on Giddy right now. And I'm probably okay. going to regret that six months from now. Who knows? Um, <laughs> in terms of passing though, damn. So Cade sick, Sharif sick. I actually see. I actually think he's a better passer than Barnes. Although I do like Barnes, yes. I've been watching Barnes this week. I'm like, F. Um, should we do Barnes next week? Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, I think he's a better passer than Suggs too. Um, not that Suggs is a bad passer, of course. Um, yeah, I think I'll have him after Sharif because I still like Sharif's passing for. Yeah, they, like there's there's just the base level stuff that Sharif does that I'm absolutely in love with. Like just yeah, I have him. Three it's two. so clean. Yeah, I have I have it. Sharif might be the best passer in the in, Yeah, it's in the sick, draft. dude. Sick. I think I I think Sharif's probably the best passer in the draft, but you can't go wrong with you know throwing Cade there too. I'd have him behind Cade and Sharif as far as passers. Um man, as far as point guards, yeah, I like your kind of 3B thing. I'm, I might have I, I really like Sharif Cooper. Mm. I really like Sharif. I might have him I might have him like fifth in in that group which okay i haven't made i'm i I haven't solidified anything um but i just watched sharif and i'm like you know we talked about him or whatever but i'm like despite the height Mm -hmm. he's a he's a 35 percent jump shot away from being unguardable like completely unguardable yeah all he needs is a pull-up pull-up that's Mm -hmm. respectable doesn't even need to go in he's a he's a and he's unguardable the defense, yeah. it's a wash. 
It's a complete <laughs> wash defensively. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> but <laughs> all right. So we kind of talked about what range you would draft. You want him to go like in the 14 to 16 range. Yeah. Um I think that feels right. I think his his stock at 13.3, I think that feels right. I, I, there are, he's a guy that I think I really want him to go to a good situation. Mm. Yeah, I really Knicks. like <laughs> man. If he drops to, to the twenties, maybe, maybe the Knicks package move up a little bit. Wouldn't Oof. be, wouldn't be, uh, you know, unlike Leon. Mm-hmm. I also kind of like him in Boston and golden state. Oh and, yeah. And those are spots. Cause I think golden state is like 16th right now, maybe 17th. Mm-hmm. Like that feels good to me because he he comes in right away and is able to fit right in with kind of like the ball movement that Golden State is known for. Clay comes back, you know, you could have Clay and Steph running off of all of this, mm. you know, off ball stuff uh, and just again, impossible. Um, I kind of like him there. And I think Boston too, because Boston, you know, like, they got Pritchard. They drafted mm-hmm. Pritchard. I don't know if Peyton Pritchard is necessarily like a pure point. Mm-hmm. You know, he does have a little bit of buckets to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just think that if one of the things they're missing is just a playmaker this year, a connector. They you know, miss Hayward. Few... Yeah. Right. Hayward was a connector for them. Yeah. There And there are a few connectors in this draft. You know, you have Scotty Barnes as a connector. Hmm. I, I think Boston is a team that could really use a guy like him. You know, I think at one point during the season, they were like second to last in the league in um, like hockey assists. Right. You know, like they need guys that are just going to get the ball and make the next pass and not like jack it up right away. Hmm. And like Kemba's always been more of a scorer than a passer. Marcus smart. And dude, I was looking at his shooting percentages for his career. Hmm. I was blown away at how terrible they are. Like, yeah, he's like having his, a bad his, season too. His straight, his field goal percentage. He is like a sub 40% shooter every year. And he just brings so many other good things to the table that you, you know, you can ignore it, but man, I didn't, <laughs> that hit me like a ton of bricks, but <laughs> they just don't have anybody like that on their roster. And I think they need it. And it might not be, an 18 year old rookie who is the guy who does it. But I think that's one of the things they need to look for when they're building out their roster. So I, I kind of like them there. I mean, obviously like San Antonio would be, you know, your kind of like classic, like, Oh, Spurs draft the, the smart heady, not the most athletic, you know, high IQ. Yeah. Maybe not crazy viewed as crazy upside guy, like classic. It's kind of boring to me. I kind of like Boston or golden state a little bit better. And I kind of think that they're possibly realistic landing spots for him based on you know potential draft range unless yep. you know he gets to workouts which who knows if he's allowed to at that at any point um and blows teams away uh and i mean do you have any other teams that you think he would really like thrive on i do so what i was thinking was um imagine imagine the future of oklahoma city let's mm-hmm. imagine they grab jalen suggs at the top of the draft and then Giddy falls to them. And then they've got Suggs, Giddy, Pokashevsky, SGA. 
That's fun, man. That's fun. <laughs> that is fun. That Poku's is fun. pass. Poku's passing. Giddy's passing. You know, Suggs is gonna be like, you know, he's gonna be the general and yelling at everybody and playing crazy defense. And then you have SGA playmaker, all that stuff. That's a really. I'm not saying it's gonna be like a title contender, but that's fun. That's a lot of fun. It would so be would, a lot of fun. I would look at that one for that's, sure. That's a fun rebuild. <laughs> you know, coming out of being like, all right. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, what's the upside to at least having these young, fun guys and 400,000 picks on top of it, you know, to, to hopefully package and get another, you know, guy in the mix there? That would be fun. Oklahoma most of these guys who could hoop, Oklahoma City is a good landing spot. Yes. For. Like, right now, they kind of have a clean slate. You know, they have really fun assets, Dort, SGA, Poku, you know, guys like that. Yeah. Um, and they all kind of can just fit with anybody. Um, so that that would be fun. I think you answered this already. You know, are you buying or selling, you know, this stock? Uh, yeah. I think it, it seems like you're buying, right? Yeah, a thousand percent. I, I think I think there's a star in there. And um, yeah, obviously I could be wrong. I've I've been wrong a million times. But um, also, you know, Corey, I didn't want to address this. I yeah. feel like it's so funny how uh, NBA draft Twitter people will come at you uh, for your takes as if we have a like a freaking crystal ball and we know everything about every damn player. Um, I, I want to give this as a PSA, a public service announcement to all our listeners. Uh, I am gonna be wrong on a lot of shit. Uh, we both are. And so uh, please keep that in mind. Um, and I, I might be really wrong on Giddy, dude, but I, I see a star here. I would definitely buy Giddy if I was a team in the lottery, uh, obviously not high in the lottery, but I think like mid to late lottery. I say that a lot, but especially dude, once again, 14, like imagine the the Grizzlies are there and the Grizzlies take him there. That's fun too. Um, there, there are a lot of options here, but I'm a hundred percent buying Giddy and I, and I, I think there's a star hitting uh, hidden inside of him, and depending, as you mentioned, depending on situation, we might see it. So I'm I'm really high on Giddy, dude. Yeah, I I think you have every reason to be. There's definitely stuff underneath the surface that if he like is he like like Sharif, that he's a jumper away from you know yeah. being an absolute handful. All right, um, I think that's gonna do it for uh, the Down Under episode of of the Draft Act. Um, we did beat Shaquille O'Neal again oh, in Canada. Easy. Light work. <laughs> That's twice. That's twice. Shaq, step your game up, man. We're we're out here doing work on you in Canada like the dream was. So, um, yeah, so let's keep that up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you haven't yet, please uh, subscribe and share and leave a review. That would be uh, really helpful. Super dope. Uh, Albert, tell everybody where they could find you. You find me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Alberto, uh, toe as in like the toe on your foot. Uh, Gim, G H I M. Also on Instagram, I'm under what's my Instagram handle? Uh, AMG underscore Albert, I believe, um, is my Instagram handle. So yeah, that's where you'll find me. Also, you will find me uh, talking about Jaden Springer all over the place. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go back, listen to the Jaden Springer episode uh, of the Draft Act. Um, you can find me at Hardwood Herald on Twitter, at the Hardwood Mag on Instagram. Search Hardwood Herald on YouTube. You'll see little clips from the podcast. You'll see scouting breakdowns. Uh, 
some other stuff. The uh, the magazine is dropping this Friday. So Volume if you're two. If you're listening to this on uh, what would be Thursday morning, issue two of of the Hardwood Mag is dropping. I have it in hand. Oof. Um, and I'm going to be dropping on the YouTube channel clips from some of the interviews that I did. I interviewed um, the Through the Wire podcast, Kenny Beecham, uh, my guy Pee Wee, Derek, uh, Mike, and I also interviewed um, the first creative director the NBA ever had, Tom O'Grady, designed all of your favorite jerseys from the 90s. And Legend. when I say all, I mean all. He did everything, all, anything you thought that was cool in the 90s, the NBA Finals logos. Like, Sick. he did it all. So we talked about all of that. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to drop some of those clips um, throughout the week, maybe the next week or two. And uh, also, the magazine came out dope, man. Illustrated, really good writers, Jonathan Macri, Tyler Rucker from Backcourt Violation, um, Adam Taylor, uh, just a, a tremendous um, group of guys who, who wrote for it. So really excited about that. So yeah. go cop. Yes, um, please be ready do. for it, man. Because especially yeah. we got a variant cover. We're doing it super comic booky, limited to 50 for the variant cover. Um, mm. So be on the lookout. All right, guys. Thank you for watching, as always, or listening, um, wherever you're consuming our content. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.